All right, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. I am Bob Ambrogi. I write the blog Law Sites and also have the podcast called Law Next. Uh, and this is the program in which we talk to some of the leading bloggers uh, in the legal profession uh, about what they do and why they do it. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of these episodes up now at uh, lexblog.com, I mean, youtube.com slash lexblog. Uh, so go there and check out some of our past uh, episodes. Uh, and uh, not sure where you're watching us right now, but we're streaming live on Facebook uh, and on Twitter. Uh, and we hope to also soon be uh, streaming live on on LinkedIn as well. Uh, well, today, uh, I'm very happy to have uh, somebody who is undoubtedly one of the leading legal bloggers, uh, Jeff Novak. Jeff is the uh, publisher author of the blog FMLA Insights, which you can find, not surprisingly, at the URL fmlainsights.com. Jeff, welcome to the show. Bob, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you, and uh, as as I always do, I, I do like to start by just asking how you're doing in this in these crazy times. Well, with uh, four, I'm, I'm the father of four, um, who are they're all starting up school remotely, except one. One is in person, three remote. So we're juggling a bunch of things right now, um, and I also serve as the president of our local little league. So. Um, we finally got our season off the ground two weeks ago. Fingers crossed we'll actually be able to get a full baseball season in this year. So um, it's been crazy uh, in terms of just family, uh, personal stuff with Little League. And, and then, oh, by the way, I, I've got to practice law, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you got to keep your blog up. That's right. the most important right, exactly. thing. Let's, let's set our priorities here. <laughs> Um, I'm amazed you're going to get a baseball, a little league season. And, uh, I'm not sure what's going on in, in my town since I'm past the little league era. Uh, my kids are, my kids are grown, but, um, uh, you are a shareholder at Littler Mendelssohn, uh, the world's largest labor and employment law firm. And, uh, you of course practice in FMLA law, which is, uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that stands for, it's family and medical leave act. I mean, this must be a really interesting time uh, or really a time where a lot of novel issues are coming up in your law practice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, and, and it's only evolving. You know? and, and, and frankly, that's one of the reasons I got into this area was the thought many years ago that with an aging workforce, with a, with a workforce that works later on in life, medical issues are, are going to be commonplace uh, in the workplace. So, um, you know, we're on any given day, we're dealing with all kinds of different issues in this pandemic, as you might imagine, uh, whether it's the beginning, middle, or uh, at some point, the end of this, there it's a, it's a constant um, uh, barrage of different questions that pop up all the time uh, in, in, the, in the FMLA and ADA areas. Yeah. So so one of the we'll get to your blog in a second. But one of the things I, I discovered about you from looking just from looking at your LinkedIn page, I didn't have to dig around too far. But uh, is that uh, early on you worked in, in the office of the uh, governor of Illinois and you did uh, a lot of writing. Did you have an interest in, in journalism or communications before you went to law school? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I um... Uh, I changed professions 
by the week as to what I wanted to be. Uh, one constant was my writing. I, I, I loved writing uh, from, gosh, it had to be the second grade. I published my own little handwritten newspaper that I would bring to my teachers. Um, and it would be the, the, week's, the week's news stories in Chicago, what was going on, uh, whether it was news, whether it was sports. Uh, I loved writing. And, and um, for a number of years there, I was going to be a newspaper reporter. Uh, in fact, I went to Indiana University initially because I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. I, I really enjoyed that and, and, and went to IU, not necessarily because of Bobby Knight, uh, but because of journalism. Uh, I wanted to be a journalist. And yeah. So where did um, you go wrong? <laughs> well, uh, early on, early on, I, um, I, uh, it was, I blame it on being the student body president of my high school, my senior year of high school, as I was heading off to college, that's when I got the bug to be a politician. And I was determined for a number of years thereafter, um, to be, a, I was going to be a politician. And so um, I, I ended up actually running for student body president at IU, and I was student body president there uh, my senior year, and then had the opportunity to go work for the governor of Illinois um, and was determined to be a politician. That was my passion at, at that time. Um, and like have, anyone have a else, particular office in mind that you were aspiring to reach, I was determined to be, I was going to be the governor of Illinois for sure. Uh, that, that was my goal. And, um, uh, and so I was, I was looking forward to that. I, uh, like any other kid that, well, there are not many kids that want to be politicians, but like any other politician want to be, um, many of us think, well, you got to go to law school, right? If you want to be a politician, politicians go to law school. So as I was working for uh, Governor Jim Edgar, uh, just a really solid statesman, moderate Republican, middle of the road guy, uh, but a true statesman. It was a pleasure working for him. So I, I had that taste of, of coming back to Illinois at some point, but there was this law school thing that got in the way. So I had to go off to law school and uh, learn um, there for a couple of years. Well, in the middle of in the middle of law school, I have this moment where my, my world comes crashing down on me. I no longer want to be a politician, um, whether it was the, the, the stress on the family or the constant fundraising that was involved. It, it, there, there was a point there where I just didn't have an interest anymore. And, and there was this moment of, of utter despair because I thought, holy cow, now I have to practice law the rest of my life. Um, so it was sobering. It was sobering. There was, you know, there was, there was a sobering time during law school um, when I, I was really conflicted as to what, what, what was I going to do with my life? And um, um, so I, I'm, I'm glad that labor and employment law um, caught my interest and it's captured my interest now for 20 plus years. Yeah. And did that happen? How did you get interested in labor and employment law? Was that while you were in solo law school or did you uh, pick it up? It was, it was in law school. It was, I, I had, um, the, uh, the pleasure of working for a federal judge while I was in law school and, um, was interested in employment law. And so asked the judge and, and his clerk at the time was judge, judge Wayne Anderson, uh, here in Chicago, 
um, to just feed me employment cases. I, I'll handle some employment cases. Well, I loved them. I loved them. I loved the, the human aspect of employment law. Uh, you're not dealing with derivatives and financial stuff. I mean, you're dealing with human beings. You're dealing with real life situations. And that captured my interest really from the get-go. And so that's pretty much all I did for the judge and was fortunate enough to, to hook on with my initial firm, McDermott, Will & Emery, um, uh, in their labor and employment practice and, and, and then took off from there. You know, it's interesting because we have some parallels there in that I, I went to I actually went to law school hoping to advance my career in journalism, which which probably sounds to a lot of people like a crazy <laughs> thing to do. But it, it made sense to me at the time. But I while I was in law school, uh, picked up an interest in in labor law and early in my career, I practiced labor and employment law also uh, mm. worked, worked for a labor relations agency and worked at the U.S. Solicitor of Labor for a while and, and had my own practice for a while in that area. So but then at some point I circled back into journalism. So I, I got out of it and, and went back into journalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, at what point you started blogging, um, I think about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and how did you get interested in it? How did you get started in it? Well, um, let me let me trace it back a couple of years before that. Sure. I was in the same boat that so many other attorneys are in when you are about six to eight years out of law school and you're in law firm life. By that point, six to eight years out of law school, you know how to practice law. You know, the beginning stages, you're just you're you're figuring out how to practice law. At that point, you realize, OK, I can practice law. Um, but what's next? How there was that moment when. I thought, well, how, how am I going to survive at this for another 30 years? How is this going to keep my interest for, for decades to come? And so I, I kind of reached that point that, that all of us do that in, in law firm life. Um, you are trying to figure out where your passion is at. What's, what's your interest? Where do you want to take this practice that you're in? Uh, what direction do you want to take it in? And how do you become valuable or how do you stay valuable to your firm into the future? And so for me, uh, I could have gone and, and we all go different routes in terms of what we decided to do. For me, it was to develop a niche area. And that was the FMLA. I had always enjoyed the FMLA. I liked the, the family and medical leave concepts. Um, I, I enjoyed the rules that were involved with it and, and helping clients through often really sensitive issues with their employees. Um, for me, you know, we, we all deal with medical issues throughout our entire lives, whether it's us as individuals, whether it's a family member. So these were kind of real life situations that I was, that I was helping clients with and really enjoyed it. And so for me, it was, it was the niche of, of delving into FMLA. And at, at, at that point, six to eight years out of law school, I decided this is what I wanted to get into. This is how I was going to make myself valuable in an area that I really enjoyed. But, but then what do you do with that? You know, so, so like so many of us, we, we find our passion, we find something that we're excited about. We learn it really well. I mean, we're generally decent, uh, smart people. We, we, we learn the area, but how do you then turn that into a career? Luckily for me, I've always enjoyed public speaking. I've enjoyed writing. So it started out actually with podcasts. Yeah. Um, 
So in that that time leading yeah. up, to the that, law, you weren't was, at Littler yet. You were at. Uh, I, I was at a boutique law firm uh, in Lattis Chicago. Yeah. Yes, um, and and we did podcasts on yeah. the FMLA, yeah. which were kind of cutting edge at the time. Yeah. Uh, back in, Ten in years ago, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Um, and so we did podcasts for a while and really enjoyed it. I remember that moment. It had to be toward the end of 2009. Where I I, I, uh, I went to my to my colleague who I started the FMLA blog with, and and said, hey, did you ever hear of this thing called blogging? <laughs> I think I think there's something to it. Um, I think we should start up an FMLA blog. Um, he thought I was crazy, um, but I stuck with it and um, and met with Kevin O'Keefe in early 2010 to start uh, what now is a 10 year old. FMLA blog that I would have never at the time thought would have gone anywhere, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they backloaded your post, but I found the first post I found from you was actually October 2009, I think. I don't know uh, when the blog actually started or if you had that dated from an earlier time, but it looked like. Yeah, October I think I think there may have been some podcasts in there. And yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. 2009. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, what did you know about blogging at that point? I mean, that was still. Still, you know, a developing area. They're not quite as widespread as it is today. I, I knew very little. I, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I knew very little. All I knew is that I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed yeah. writing. And I enjoyed um, uh, writing with a little snark. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah. and and so that kind of lent, it lended itself to to blogging, as, as, as I know it now. But I have to be honest, I, I, I didn't really have a clue as to what I was getting into um, and I, and I vividly remember my very first meeting with, with Kevin O'Keefe sitting there around a table as to what blogging is going to be like. Um, and it was, it was an education for me. I mean, we can talk more about that, um, yeah. as we, as we talk today, but, uh, but it was an education for me. I didn't really know what I was getting into. Well, I'm, I'm sure glad I did, but didn't really know what I was getting into other than I knew that I enjoyed writing and I, and I wanted to in blogging. I was taking, I knew at the beginning, I was taking a concept that I loved, the FMLA, and I was marrying that concept with uh, with really two things, my love for writing and the desire to help people solve problems. Like that, that's what my, my vision for the blog was, was to, to write and to be able to help people with their problems. And I really didn't, I didn't have any thought that it was going to be a business development tool for me. I think I was just too young at the time to, to really think through that. Um, it was just something I wanted to do and yeah. didn't know if it was going to be successful or not. Yeah, but you did think it was going to be, I mean, you kind of walked into it thinking it was going to help you establish, uh, as you said, establish a career as an FMLA lawyer. So uh, yes. whether whether through business development or, or other means, you saw that as a, as a path to doing that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what was it um, like in those kind of early days as, as, as you were getting started? How did you start to get the blog going and how did you start to build up a readership and, and get into a routine around it? Well, it was you start with you have to start with passion and perseverance. You know, th those were the things that 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 held me through the first couple of years. I knew I had a passion for, for what I was doing. And I guess this is, uh, this is advice for, for, for the young kids out there that are starting to, to think about blogging. Um, 
find something that you're passionate about. I knew that I was passionate about this area of the law. Um, sure, could I blog about employment law generally? Yeah, I could. Um, yeah. But if I were to blog about traditional labor law or non-compete agreements, uh, I would have been in and out of that blog in a matter of two or three months. Um, so so the, the passion for the topic and writing kind of held me through, uh, but it was a uh, it was a dedication to you know X number of posts per month, uh, and I had a goal of of getting four posts a month up on the blog. Simple as that, um, and I needed to. One of my goals, is, as I mentioned earlier, it had to be practical for me. So. Um, any blog post to, to kind of get me through those first couple of years, it had to solve people's problems. Um, so that got us through the first the first couple of years. Yeah. What was there when you started this? Was there anybody else blogging about FMLA? No, no, not not a soul. Um, and and that certainly helps. That absolutely helps. Um, there are plenty of well-traveled paths in employment law in terms of blogging. You know, wage and hour, for instance, is heavily blogged about. But uh, frankly, I don't know anyone else, even today, blogging about FMLA. Is that right? I don't know if that's if that's indicative of, of a fault in my personality or <laughs> or what it is. Well, that's, um, that's pretty impressive that you have that niche to yourself to this day, because yeah. that's that's rare. That I mean, it's plenty of blogs started in a niche all by themselves, but uh, the, the the those neighborhoods have gotten crowded over the years. Right. Um, right. What, so what do you, you know? You talked about passion, and I understand you were saying that passion is important for it for you to keep going at it, for you to be able to keep up with the blogging. But do you think that passion is important to your readers? Does it come through to your readers? Uh, well, I think it does. I, um, if I'm known as anything in the industry, I'm known as the FMLA nerd. I mean, that's really kind of how I'm known. Um, I am involved heavily in a, a couple of uh, industry organizations that help employers with leave and disabilities. And I'm kind of just known as just the FMLA guy. Uh, they know me as a guy who has passion for that area. I mean, heck, I have a I have a suit that uh, in the inside pocket. I've got carved FMLA nerd inside the pocket. Oh. So um, I was going to ask if you had a T-shirt with that on it. That's what you I, No, no, I uh, <laughs> I um, uh, uh, nothing like that. But but a suit and uh, my family uh, and I we celebrate the FMLA's birthday uh, every year, uh, February of every year. Um, so. It's the blog's uh, birthday or the FMLA's birthday? The FM, oh, the FMLA's birthday. Okay. Fe February of every year, we celebrate the FMLA. Um, That's hardcore. That's th th <laughs> really hardcore, yeah. <laughs> really giving out my secrets here. <laughs> so after you started this blog, um, at what point did you start to realize You've got something here that that people were noticing it that you're getting some attention for this. Uh, it was it was about it was about three years into the blog, um, and and I obviously been writing religiously and connecting with folks, and also supplementing that with with social media that we we should talk about at some point during our discussion today about how 
how that helped launch the blog as well, just whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, but there came a point about three years in where um, I was retained by a, a national airline, um, one of the national airlines. And it was um, incredible at that point for me to realize that they didn't hire me because I had a blog, They, um, but they had followed me for quite some time. And they learned to uh, that 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 they had in someone in, in me, someone that they could trust, someone who who knew what he was talking about in the area, or at least BSing his way through it enough for them to appreciate uh, that. But but that there was a they found someone that was that, that they could trust, and they they wanted to give me a, a shot at helping them through some of the the leave issues that they were dealing with at the time. Um, so it became clear to me at that point, I guess that was a moment for me. It became clear for me at that point that um, I was connecting with people uh, in a way that, that they found trustworthy enough to, to start uh, sending their questions my way. Yeah. And, and I, and I bet not only did they see somebody that they could, could trust, but I bet they, did see some of that passion coming through. And I, I bet that mm -hmm. made the difference for them as well. Yeah. Um, but, but so let's talk about that social media issue that you raised. I mean, in, in, especially in the early days, how did you, what did you do? And to this day, what do you do to build awareness and, and build an audience for your blog? Well, when you, when you have a blog and you, you spend so much time on it, you, you, you might spend several hours a week drafting these articles. Let's say you draft one article a week. You're spending several hours of time each week toward that that gem that, that you've just started up. Um, the worst thing you can do is to draft your article, put it on your blog, and then shut it down. <laughs> you don't touch anything else. You don't engage in a further discussion about that. It's It's like it's like hitting a home run in baseball and stopping at first base, you know, <laughs> like, so you blogging, posting that blog post is just the start. And, and you can sit there and, and, and look at that post and think you've, you've just drafted something incredible, but it goes nowhere because you haven't amplified it through all of the wonderful avenues that we have today. So, from the beginning, I think I, I tie much of my success on the blog. Sure, in part, by the way, I, I somehow connected with folks in a practical way, but it was through largely through LinkedIn um, that helped me amplify that message to a to a mass audience, um, and Twitter to some ex to some extent as well, um, and certainly through other avenues like webinars and 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 other more traditional marketing tools, but social media by, by far helped get my message out there. Um, it, it allowed, it allowed me at the time and, and even today to engage in authentic communications with people that I care to interact with. So, um, just, just posting, like I said, posting an article on the blog doesn't do a whole lot for you because, well, I don't know. I don't even know if my comment feature works anymore on my blog. Right. I've not checked it in years. Yeah. Um, 
So every so often I find somebody's made a comment on my blog. Like, what? I, what is that? Yeah. So I mean, if you want to talk to me about my article, you find me on LinkedIn. You know, that's really yeah. where you find find me. Because otherwise, you're not going to find me necessarily on my blog. Um, but through LinkedIn, you can really engage in some good discussions with people. And and again, it's it's and I'm I'm very much a, a Kevin O'Keefe disciple on this. You know, your blog allows you to put yourself out there in a way that people begin to trust what you're saying. They start looking to you as the, a person that is um, respected in that, in that area and in an authentic kind of way. And it leads to developing other relationships with people that, that then down the road lead to, business that lead to money for you. Um, but that's down the road and building up this blog and, and in broadcasting it through social media, um, you really start to become that trusted voice that people, um, can, can believe in and, and then start coming to you for with, with their practical issues that they're dealing with. So social media is just so critical. Um, amplify and engage is what social media lets you do. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it is funny how, how many lawyers don't get that and how many lawyers, as you say, kind of stop at first base or expect the results to come from a a blog post that they put up. Like, you know, I put up a blog post, where's the client? <laughs> Where are the clients knocking right. at my door? Uh, right. And, right. and obviously uh, it's a much more organic process than that. And, and, it, and it doesn't just happen that way. Yeah, um, and Bob, Bob pers perseverance is so important. You know, again, if, if you're looking at what, what are the kind of qualities that you need to have as you're starting up blogging or you're thinking about blogging, perseverance, is critical. You know, we li we live in this culture where we want instant gratification, right? You know, we 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 need to have instant results. Think think about the pandemic that we're in. You know, we weren't two weeks into the pandemic where we all were asking, "When is this going to end?" Right. We want to control the outcome of what's going to happen, right? But it's it's not there for us. And blogging is is not all that different from the pandemic. It's a long slog. And your perseverance is going to hold you through. It's it's not going to be six months after your first blog post that you're going to land your big client. Um, it's going to take some time. And you have to persevere through some difficult moments to recognize that this is more of a long-term effort um, rather than a short-term gain. I hope you're not just telling me i got to wait 10 years for this pandemic to be over. But... Uh... <laughs> Um, Somewhere short of 10 years. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, you're going to guarantee me that, right? Um, so, uh, you know, kind of implicit, uh, I think, in, in everything you've been saying so far is that blogging has has had an impact on your career. But what, what has that impact been? How has blogging affected your career? How might your career be different today if you hadn't been blogging? Um, I, I would be... Um, far less satisfied with, with, with my career, with the practice of law. Um, I, I have in 10 years of blogging, I've, I've found, um, just wonderful connections with people on a professional level that I otherwise wouldn't have had. 
I've been able to help people, many of whom are never going to hire me. And, and so that has been, I guess, the lasting effect of being a blogger. Um, at some point, you, 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 re, you, you reach a point where you, you have some success and people start coming to you. They, they look to you as the FMLA guy. And you realize at that point, okay, I have, um, um, I've, I've reached that point where um, it is, it has truly helped my business and it's taken my career off. Do I just rest on, on those laurels and look at it as, as strictly a business development money tool? Or do I do something different with it? Um, do I have a, a different means to an end here, so to speak? And for me, that's been the most rewarding thing is to realize that in blogging, I'm now helping people. That that's what that's what I'm about now at this point. I, mean, I, I just drafted a blog um, th- this morning, a blog post that went out this morning to help employers figure out all of the the different ways that their employee may be may need leave from work to to deal with childcare issues in the pandemic, um, and. I, I addressed for employers a number of different scenarios that could pop up. I, I do that really at this point in my blogging experience to help people. I don't anticipate that I'm going to ever get any business out of what I just drafted at midnight last night. And I posted first thing this morning. Um, but I do know that my experience in this area is, is going to help employers in a practical way that to me is the most satisfying part of, of being a blogger. Yeah. Well, I, I saw that you would at some point put out a, a tweet using the Lexblog hashtag blog for good. So uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's exactly one of the, one of the reasons that blogging is so important, not just within the legal community, but to the people we serve and the people we're, we're meant to serve. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what is your, how do you, how do you kind of just maintain, what is your routine around blogging? How do you balance it around maintaining a healthy law practice and a personal life and, and little league coaching or little league, uh, <laughs> president of the little league, uh, local little league and everything else you do? How do you work it into your schedule? Well, it's, uh, pretty much every blog post of mine that you read on any given day, um, rest assured that was drafted typically between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. the night before. Uh, That's when I blog. I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I've ever done it, but um, that's that's what I've set aside. And and I know that on average once at this point, once or once once a week or more like once every other week, I'm going to blog that that's when the writing occurs. So it's uh, it's grab a cup of coffee or a can of Pepsi and uh, and here and and off we go. In terms of what how I choose a post, it it has to be a hundred percent practical in nature for employers. Um, there are plenty of topics that I would love to blog about, um, particularly in areas other than the FMLA or maybe delving into areas of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, that I just never touch because I know they're unlikely to be practical for an employer. Um, so I, that, that's my 
perhaps my most important criteria is that, it, that whatever I blog about has to be practical. And at this point, um, I tend not to blog too much about court cases. I find them to be relatively boring. I, I, I don't, I, so I, I don't really do that. Um, every once in a while, there's a key case that might pop up. And yeah. if I can find a way to make it practical, I, I will, I will blog on that. But otherwise I find that it's often I'm on a call with a client and I realize this is the third time this month that the client, that a client has asked me about this issue and I'm, I'm going to blog about it. And so at some point I'm on the phone with my client and I actually asked them, Hey, you mind if I blog about this because it's such um, a, a difficult issue, but yet like a common, a common one that, that clients are dealing with. And so, you know, that, at that, at this point in my blogging experience, that pretty much drives what I'm going to blog about. As you said, you started, you've been writing since you were in second grade. I think you said, uh, did, did you find that you had to develop a blogging voice or did it come naturally to you? It, it came naturally. Um, you know, when I talked about being a newspaper reporter um, earlier in life or the desire to be, I, I it wasn't the um, the reporter on the crime scene or on at the scene of the fire. It was more the feature writer, uh, the, 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 the feature reporter. Um, and so I always enjoyed uh, embellishing uh, things a bit in, in my writing. So I, I found that the feature writing aspect of, uh, of, of my career goals to, uh, to play themselves out here in my blogging. So um, to, to be able to capture someone's interest, to keep them engaged, much like you'd find in that feature article in, in the New York Times. Yeah. And do you have a thought about how to do that, how to write a blog post that's going to keep people engaged and be effective? Well, what, what I find is I, um, I will tie them into to, to issues that we're dealing with today. I might tie them into one-liners from shows that, we, that many of us that can relate to. Um, I, I will often cite uh, a line from Seinfeld, although it shows my age. Shows my age that people don't laugh at my Seinfeld jokes anymore. Um, <laughs> I will, but you know, so I will. You know, no soup for you. I will throw that line <laughs> into in, into a blog post. See, I got I laughed at the again. Instead of saying the court granted summary judgment, whatever the heck that means to the average person reading the blog, I yeah, I might say the court said no soup for you. You know, you know it's it's that kind of just um, laid back. Um, uh, way of writing that keeps people engaged in what you're writing about it and what is other otherwise a pretty pretty dry topic I mean the FMLA uh, I there's a reason I'm the only one blogging on the FMLA <laughs> uh, <laughs> well so, but it's such an important topic and it's important yeah, to so many it, people it both is. you know employees and employers I mean do you have do employees read your blog I mean do you get people reaching out to you who are not employers Oh, absolutely. The, the, the mo most of my phone calls are from employees, interestingly yeah. enough. Um, I would say that, yeah, in a typical week, I probably get two or three inquiries from an employee um, asking me to help them out, asking me to whether represent them in a case or yeah. to have a phone call with them about about a, an FMLA issue they're dealing with. So it's it's apparent that um, 
the blog must be doing well on the SEO <laughs> as people are finding me online uh, because it, it is, it's helpful to employees as well. Um, yeah. I just don't happen to represent employees, so it, uh, I can't be of help to them, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, you mentioned SEO, and I think a lot of lawyers, when they're starting out blogging, um, are very concerned about uh, traffic to their blog, readership of their blog. Uh, what What do you see as kind of the measure of success for a blog? What's What's been important to you? Uh, how do you define your own success as a blogger? Um, my, the, the best compliment that someone can pay me, and, and I hate to sound like a broken record here, are those people that have just come up to me and said, number one, I, I really like your writing. And number two, you helped me figure out an issue I was dealing with. That to me has been success. Um, I never, in 10 years of blogging, I've never once looked at SEO. I've never once looked at how, how my URLs are shaping up to someone else's, look, just write what you believe in and what you're passionate about. And that SEO will come with you. You know, that following will come with you. Uh, don't spend your time worried about what the stats or the data look like. Uh, write because you want to do it and you want to help people. Um, and all of that other stuff is going to come with it. You know, you're going to gain that trust. You're going to gain the clients. You're going to gain the SEO over, over time. Yeah. Is there ever been anything you've written that you've been surprised by the reaction to it? Ooh, uh, good question. Um, no, I, I, I don't. Um, from time to time, I will, because I'm writing about employment law topics and I'm writing about Jane Doe, the employee who sued their employer, who um, lost their case. And, and now they want to say something to me about it. Um, I get that from time to time. Um, th there was one particularly uncomfortable uh, blog post that I drafted about a um, an employee who had a urinary disorder, and um, I was respectful about it in the blog post. But I was, you know, I was kind of needling the whole condition a little bit and playing playing around with it. So, um, and he ended up losing his FMLA case, and and it was it was it was a I found it to be instructive to employers in X, Y, and Z ways. I can't remember what it was at the time, but um, about a week after it posted, his the, the plaintiff's wife called me <laughs> and wanted to talk to me about my blog post. And I thought, oh, sure enough, um, uh, they're going to ask me to to take all of this down because of the embarrassing condition. Well, it turns out she she asked me to could you just remove this one line in here that pretty much had nothing to do with anything related to his condition. Um, I just, you know, there are times like that where it's, it, it can be a bit humorous in, in, uh, in my role, but um, no, I've, I've found that my posts um, tend not to generate a whole lot of controversy. Um, I'm tagged by uh, on Twitter a lot. I'll get some comments from folks about, uh, be a, being a management flunky and and all that, uh, all I care about is management. You know that 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 comes with the job. I know that I'm not going to be the most popular guy at cocktail parties representing employers, um, but it's what I care about. It's what I'm passionate about, and and I know that I can do the most good for people in general uh, by helping employers do the right thing. Yeah. 
your blog is in the ABA Journal Blog 100 Hall of Fame, which which <laughs> basically means that it was a a blog honoree for so many years in a row that they finally decided they had to push you away <laughs> to make room for other people, uh, and, and so they put you, put you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, no, I mean that's a that's a real honor, um, and you've been doing it for a long time now. So. Um, for for somebody who's who's just starting out, uh, who's interested in blogging, um, you know, I, you, you've already given a lot of advice over the course of this interview about uh, engaging, about being passionate. But is there is there other advice that you'd offer somebody on how to get started and how to be successful with blogging? Well, it it I again I I hate to reiterate what I what I've already said, but but start with what you're passionate about. Find find an area that you truly enjoy. Start with that and build, think about what you might build around that passion, about that topic. Um, recognize that it's going to take some time to get this off the ground. Um, you know, I would say third, and I alluded to this earlier, come with, uh, come with a sense of servant leadership, you know, that, that you are there to help people solve a problem. And if you approach it in that fashion, but people will recognize that and, and they'll be really grateful to you. They may not hire you, but they're going to be your champion. You know, they're going to be your champion to other people and they're going to help you amplify, amplify your message to, to other people. Um, be practical in, in what you're putting up on, on your blog post. Think, put yourself in the shoes of your audience. Who are you reaching out to? Is it in-house counsel? Is it, uh, for me, is it the HR uh, professional at a at a company? Who's in your audience? Who's your target audience? Put yourself in their seat. What do they want to hear from you? Focus focus largely on that. Make sure that that you're practical. And um, uh, if you want to get your feet wet, you know, let's say you're just not ready to start up a blog. Get your feet wet through social media. Start posting on social media. Um, and and uh, the 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 O'Keefe family, uh, whether it's Colin, whether it's it's Kevin, uh, Bob, whether it's you, um, you all you may not blog every day, but you're active on social media, and you are now you're a respect. You're each of you are respected voices in your area, um, because you use social media to your advantage. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to post some lengthy blog post. But you are—you've got a message to share. You've got a Facebook Live video to share uh, with with a message. Colin, you've got a great tweet about the Mariners to share. Um, you know, whatever it might be, that that connects you to um, to what you are ultimately passionate about. Uh, so you don't necessarily need to start with the blog. Test it out through social media, and if you're enjoying that and you're finding your voice, then launch into then launch into a blog. Um, but you know, especially the, the young lawyers today that are out there, they you all have been given such an incredible gift, and that is social media. You know, when I came out of law school, I'm glad that that 10 years into my experience, social media really kind of developed. But this is a gift that young attorneys are being given right now to become a thought leader in these critical legal areas simply by tweeting or by posting thoughtful commentary on LinkedIn. 
um, it, it takes decades and decades for uh, generation attorneys and generations before us to build up that expertise and build up a client base. Um, it's now a mere couple of years before we young attorneys, I still think of myself as a younger attorney, uh, before we younger attorneys <laughs> can use social media to our advantage and, yeah. and really become thought leaders in a particular area that, that gain the trust and confidence of, of those who need help. Yeah, it is a gift and uh, it's a gift um, that you've used well and uh, successfully. Uh, and so I really appreciate your taking the time today to sit and share your thoughts and your experience. It's been a real pleasure to, to speak with you. You too, Bob. So we've been speaking with Jeff Novak, whose blog is FMLA Insights, which is at fmlainsights.com. And as I said earlier, you can find all of these interviews. We've been doing a whole bunch of them at uh, youtube.com slash lexblog. Um, I'm not going to be here next week, but the show is going to go on with, uh, I think Colin O'Keefe is going to host. I'm not sure who our guest is next week, uh, but uh, watch social media and we will let you know. Um, Hillary Bricken of Canon Law Blog uh, is our guest next week. That ought to be a great one. I'm sorry I'm going to miss it. Um, Jeff, thanks a lot. Stay well, stay healthy. Good to talk to you. Thanks, you too, Bob. Take care.